So, this morning, your daily stretch. <laughs> what? <laughs> your daily stretch. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> we find that, do you, do you think of stretching every morning you get up? Sometimes you get up, you go, oh, it hurt. <laughs> you know, you're doing stretching exercises. You know, uh, one of the things that... Um, Whenever we think of stretching, okay, physical stretching, I was going to ask Luke to come up and demonstrate for us. Of course, he, he wanted to do it, but I said, no, you don't have to. <laughs> to. You know, he exercises daily, and I was going to have him go through his stretching routine for us so that you would all know what to do in case you came upon that, uh, that notion that you should stretch. But um, stretching is good for you. Don't ask me to do it. But it increases your mobility. It uh, conditions you, coordinates you, loosens up, does all those wonderful things. So I don't like stretching. I had these rubber straps that I had after my back surgery and things, and you're supposed to pull on these and pull on them. Um, they're still sitting at home. They're very almost like new, so if you'd like to have them, I'll give them to you. Now, going to PT, physical therapy, didn't mind stretching. In fact, it was all those types of things that got me able to walk and move around, so I was grateful for that. But some people think of stretching as walking, which is good. Some like to walk. Walking is an increase of stamina. It increases your mind. It's better for your mind. Rhonda, you need to help me walk. You think I was going to pick on her, didn't you? <laughs> she needs to help me to remind me to walk. Trouble is, I don't walk too far, and I can't walk any further. So that's a good excuse. Uh, I remember when. Okay, I won't go there either. So it improves whenever we think of doing the walking. It improves uh, cardiovascular. It improves fitness. It improves stamina. And there are many pastors who would golf. And pastors would ask me, do you golf? I said, no, I always had to work. <laughs> they didn't like that either. So anyhow, whenever you are stretching, I'll give you, Lucas, you've got to pay attention. This, this, is, this is a tidbit I've learned of all my years of stretching and exercises. And I learned this in yoga. Now, I don't like yoga because yoga is okay, but most of the people take yoga and make it a religion because what I had problems with yoga was whenever you sit down in whatever a seated position, you are allowing the energy from Mother Earth. I said, wait a minute. There may be energy, there may be all this stuff, but my mother is not the Earth. <laughs> and that I don't pray to the downward dog or the, all those other things and positions. But one of the things I did remember is when you are stretching, and this is just the kind of thing, you stretch and you stretch, then what do you do is you stop, Exhale and pull again, and you'll go further. When you get to the point where you can't go any further, you stop, exhale, and just pull a little more. That is, and, and what it's called is a relaxed stretch. Now, what on earth does all that have to do with religion and our faith? Well, um, a recent Harvard Health article said, Flexibility can be the key that unlocks a safer or and more active lifestyle. Proper flexibility means you can bend, reach. Reminds me of, what was that romper room? Bend and stretch and reach for the stars. There goes Jupiter, there goes Mars. Those of you who don't know it, you're not old enough. 
Romper room, yes, that was it. So, <laughs> so I'm sure you want to go back to romper room. No. But anyhow, uh, flex flexibility means you can bend and stretch and reach and twist and sit and stand with greater range of motion. The good news is that with a regular stretching routine, you can improve flexibility no matter what your age. I won't quote chapter and verse on that. You have to do it. But anyhow, you, you, we've all got the picture of stretching. Stretching. Reach out your hand and touch your Bible. <laughs> so one of the ideas of stretching is to take the Word of God and read it. Now, most of us would do um, turn to our app <laughs> in, in, the, in, the, in our, on our phones and we can read it, we can have it spoken to us, we can have it sung to us, you know, all the things in our, in our app, but we reach. The idea is stretch out your hand for the word of God. So as we give our body a good stretch that takes maybe five to ten minutes a day, there are many ways of doing our stretching for God's word. Just remember, your arms and legs aren't the only things that you need to stretch. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, now this is for us old people, we can quote this. It's very biblical. For bodily exercise profits little. <laughs> That's what he says. But godliness is profitable for all things, having, promised, having the promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. Now, Paul is not telling Timothy, you don't have to exercise. What he's telling Timothy is, your body is only going to last so long, but your spirit is going to last forever. So if you're doing your bodily exercises thinking that it's going to make, well, let's do it this way. Your spiritual exercise is going to have an effect upon you and for eternity. So Paul is just telling Timothy, this is what you need to do. Now, in those days, in that era, there was a great emphasis upon the Olympics and the Roman Games and all that. So there would have been, you know, athletes and there would have been this time of, uh, for p physical preparation for all the games. So it's probably something that Paul is letting Timothy know about, that the people who were in that routine at that time period, this was in his um, realm of his wheelhouse of what he did. So... Paul, not only saying that bodily exercise is not important, said that, but he's thinking of it in the sense that stretching your body is important to stay healthy. Stretching your mind is good for brain function. I forgot what the next part is. That's a joke. <laughs> stretching your mind. Gotta laugh with me. I'll go longer. <laughs> Stretching your mind is good for a brain function to stay engaged. People do crossword puzzles, word searches, reading. Um, did you know that appreciating things is a way to stretch your mind? Being appreciative. The Bible says in everything give thanks. So what we're doing in stretching our mind, it's so easy for us to think negatively. It's easy for us to fall into a negative pattern of interpretation, but it's harder to look for the good because our society, you know, you watch the news. It's just full of wonderful things. <laughs> I'm joking. That's a thing. It's, you know, it's all the bad things that have happened. And 
all the, all the things, you know, and at the end, they throw one good thing in, thinking that changes the whole atmosphere of the, of, of the news. But the idea is that we are to look for the good. Now, it doesn't mean we ignore the bad, you know. We can't ignore things. We are we're pretending they don't exist, Pollyanna-type thing. No, we see it for what it is, okay? It's bad. There's no good in all of this, but... In this situation, we're asking God to bring good out of it. So we're looking for the good and causes us to have faith. Did you know um, uh, planning backwards is good stretch for your mind? There's this guy on the um, radio on, on 60s with six. His name is Flash Phelps. And um, he, he does this thing where if you start to recite the alphabet forward, he'll recite it backward faster than you can say it forward. And he's just a brilliant guy. But when everything, planning backwards, planning to do something with a limited budget. So rather than just throwing money at something, put a budget together and say, I'm going to plan to make this work and it's all going to fit within this budget. What we're doing is plan, focusing outside of our boundaries. Um, if I had my board here, I would do that thing about... Um, Outside, you know, thinking outside the box, but I don't have it. We'll do it another time. So stretching your mind, um, stretching your time. How do you stretch time? You know, most, most, of the, most of the time we're saying it's going too fast. Well, what we do to slow it down is to stop it. Pause. Wait. Think. God. His love. Think about his love for us. So what we're doing is we're stopping the monotony or the rush, and we're just stopping it to give us a moment to think about God. So we are stretching ourselves. The focus of the message is that part of your daily stretch is to increase your reach where God is concerned. Increase your reach. Now, the Lord said to Moses in um, Exodus 9:22, he says, uh, "Stretch out your hand toward the sky so that hail will fall on uh, fall over all of Egypt." Now, this is one of those could use a number of things where Moses stretched his rod out over the um, the Red Sea, it parted, and, and here's a, here's the occasion where uh, Pharaoh will not let the children of Israel go. God says, Moses, going to send a hailstorm, and anything that's out in the open is going to die. So Moses tells Pharaoh, Pharaoh doesn't listen, and there's this huge hailstorm, and it even talks about how that the hailstorm did not hit over Goshen, the land where the children of Israel lived. So stretch out your hand toward the sky. One of the challenges is whenever we pray, and we're asking God for things, it's like a stretch. It's not within our ability. It's not within our grasp. If it's within our grasp, we don't need to pray. I can do this on my own. But the challenge is, what's not in your grasp? What's out of your grasp? And so we're praying to ask God, well, is this, you know, I'm asking you for this. I'm asking you to do this or bring this into my life or help me through this difficulty. And so we are then expecting God to do something in our life. And so we are stretching for something that is outside of our grasp. Philippians 
Now, this is Paul talking, and he says, not that I have already, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> beginning at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all of this. Now, Paul, if you look at his life and study his life, he's had this miraculous encounter with Jesus, you know, knocks him to the ground, the, the presence of God, he sees Jesus, he talks to him, Jesus then, he's blinded, and he's blind for a couple days, and then he's healed from his blindness, and he goes off into the wilderness for three years and spends his time with Jesus, learning and, and all this. And he comes back in, in Philippians here to the church of Philippi. He writes, I'm not al- I have not already obtained all of this. So Paul's saying, I don't have it all. Or have I already arrived at my goal? But I press on to make, take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. This is important. I stretch to take hold of what God has taken hold of me for. See? God has taken hold of your life for a purpose. You're not finished. We're not done. We're not complete. We're all in the process of becoming. When we're not here anymore and we're in heaven, you're done, okay? It's all over. But until that day, we keep on reaching, going forward for the prize. Prize is to be closer with God. The prize is to allow God to comfort you, strengthen you, help you through those problems or difficulties where you will open your heart and pray, reaching for that which is beyond your grasp. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. You cannot allow your past to tie you to what happened. So many people are tortured by their past. They, they, they just, for whatever reason, they just can't let it go. God is saying to us and to Paul, Paul, he, even, he had Christians killed, families separated, thrown in prison. He did, he did all that, and he says, you know what? In his, in his case, he thought he was doing it for God. And he wasn't. God tells him, no, you, gotta, you know, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, meaning it's hard for you to kick against me. The one who is the Messiah. It's hard for you. Jesus had this discussion with Paul. And Paul then, after his conversion and his relationship with Christ, he has to forget what is behind. The people, the families, and all that that he destroyed doesn't make it right. Doesn't make their loss any, any less. It just means that Paul has had a change of heart and he has to go forward. The, the future's always in front of you. And the past cannot hold you. The past is not to hold you. It's something we learn from. It's something we grow from. But you cannot be anchored to your past. Our future is always ahead of, ahead of us. And Christ is leading us into the future. So we must, as Paul says, stretch, strain for, to go forward. So it means that there's a resistance. There's a resistance. Evil doesn't want you to grow forward. The past wants to hold you in the back. And we find that God wants us, as Paul is saying, to go forward, toward the goal. What is the goal? The goal is heaven. <laughs> the goal is to please Christ. 
we have Christ in our heart and our life, and he has a work for us to do. Every one of us has a ministry, has a purpose. Well, I'm not, you're not a preacher. It doesn't, doesn't, no. He's given you a work of service. He's given you talents. He's given you your abilities. And we use those abilities with our relationship with Christ. Our, go, our God word stretch. <laughs> Put that in there. Our God word scripture stretch. Stretching to understand and to allow these things to be part of us. Your daily stretch is growing in the word. A good place to begin by stretching your hand for the Bible. A professor wrote it or noted that much time is spent watching television, (laughs) tracking social media, playing video games. He wrote that almost everyone I know spends more time on one of these activities than they do reading, studying, and memorizing the Bible. I won't ask for a show of hands. It's quiet in here. We've never been busier, but in all our rushing around, we've never needed to be still more before the throne of God than we do now. We've never been busier, but have we been more productive? And being productive in, the, in our spiritual sense, like physical exercise, prop of little, uh, the, the spiritual things that really matter. So taking time to allow ourselves to pause, to pray, to pause, read the Bible, to be still. Just shut it off. <laughs> as as uh, Bob Newhart, just stop it. <laughs> That's a Bob Newhart show. And he was a counselor. Just stop it. You know, so. I've given you wise counsel, and I didn't even charge you. See? Just stop it. <laughs> so um, when we really and truly begin to believe that the word of God is sufficient, when we really believe that the word of God is clear regarding life and godliness, you know, there are certain things we don't have to pray about. Should I steal that or not? You know, if nobody's looking, I think God wants me to take it. (laughs) No. You see, there are certain things you don't need to pray about. (laughs) And there are certain things that we need to to seek God over. If we have needs, we need to ask God to help us to supply those needs. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just need to be quiet, stop, pray, Did you know that prayer is more than a one-way conversation? (laughs) Because we are praying, do we wait for God to respond? Sometimes it's just a stillness that I got this. You know, I got this. Had a long time ago. You just weren't looking for it. It's be still. I got this for you. So stretch, stretch, stretch (laughs) your hand toward the word of God. Did you know in North Korea... If you have one page of the Bible, they'll put you to death. One page. Because there is no religion but the ruler. (laughs) And he is the God of that country. And we find that those, those other, they allow no faiths. Nothing but the state worship of of the ruler and of of their group. But if they find you with one page of the Bible... They'll put you to death. 
Your daily stretch increases your time in prayer. Well, in Mark 1, 40, 41, a leper came to Jesus, kneeling down and imploring him for healing. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. These are people we know who have had a hand outstretched to them. And you see that our time in prayer is not always us reaching out for God. Our time in prayer is God reaching and touching us. That's why he wants us to be still. That's why he wants us to just listen. Take the word that you know and and begin to build it on your life. It's a foundation that we stand on. And so allow the word of God to penetrate our hearts, our desires, and our you know, the whole part of who we are spiritually, physically, and just allow God to touch our life. Yeah. I don't have anything to pray about. Good. Just be still. Let God touch you. Um, the chief purpose of prayer is to become more aware of God's presence in our life. Prayer not is not just informing God. Prayer is allowing God, as we said, to touch us. One of the, often we, we don't know what to do. And whenever we're in our rush for life and what's next and all that, we need to sit still, open the Bible before us, and allow God to speak to us. The discernment, the ability to judge well. You see, God has given us an ability. See, in our relationship with God, he can help us make good decisions. You know, sometimes whenever we're tortured from our past, it's because we made bad choices that have affected us adversely. And there isn't anyone who hasn't made mistakes. There isn't anyone who hasn't sinned. There isn't anyone who doesn't have a past. So the idea is that in our relationship with God, we allow God to give us this, this, re- this, this presence that we are sensitive to what he wants us to do and gives us direction in our choices that we need to make in the future. Insanity, according to Albert Einstein, is doing the same thing you've always done and expecting a different result. I won't ask how many are insane because we do the same thing thinking that it's going to work differently. There is a... There's a uh, a baseball player, and I don't follow the Texas Rangers, but they won the World Series last year. But Evan Carter was a, um, a ball player who was drafted by the Texas Rangers in their farm clubs. And um, last fall, he showed up to a pregame warm-up wearing a T-shirt with the words, Jesus won. <laughs> and so you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go run around, we have to wear a billboard of what our faith is. But this young man did as a rookie, wore his T-shirt, and he, was, he went from different farm clubs, as you maybe can study his, his, um, his history. But in, I think it was 2020, he started in 2023. He's, he's, he was drafted in 2020, 2023. He played for the, um, what do I call them? Texas Rangers. I was going to call the Arizona, no, but anyhow. The uh, Texas Rangers, and in the playoffs... He had, uh, of 12 games, he had nine doubles, and they won the World Series. Now, here's a guy who was drafted 50th in, in, in the draft, 
and went to different farm clubs, but he kept pressing on toward the mark, the prize of the goal that he had in his heart. You see, and he believed that God was going to help him achieve that. And he was brought up mid-season for the Texas Rangers, became their left fielder, and they went on to win the World Series. He was part of that. So we remember, you do not have to know all the answers. When talking to, your, when talking to yourself, when talking with people and to yourself, <laughs> you don't have to have all the answers. What we're doing is allowing ourselves to present the difficulties. Now, one of the things I, I always, and I try to ask whenever I'm, whenever I was counseling and things, I say, okay, what is the worst, what is the greatest need that you're facing? What is the greatest difficulty that you have? Now, people have spiritual questions, religion questions. I say, what is the greatest religious question you have? And after they present it, I say, well, I don't know. <laughs> so, but I do say, we'll pray about it. And then at a time later, you can bring it up again and ask them, well, what have you, what have you found out about that? And what we're doing is allowing them to pray and allow the Holy Spirit, allow God to speak to them for what the answer is. Because if God gives you an answer, it's much better than somebody else giving it to you. You know, when we were in northern Maine, we worked at a, uh, we were in a missions church. It was in an all-Catholic community. We had, there was 5,000 people in the town, two Baptist family, a Jewish family, and us. And that's not a, no exaggeration. They were all French-Canadian Catholics. And so uh, here I am in this little home missions church where we've got 10 kids that, uh, from the projects that came over. We handed out clothes in the back, and they stole money out of Rhonda's purse in the front. I mean, they were just good kids, you know? <laughs> and so it was just one of those things. But we, had, we started a prayer group, and the prayer group was in the convent with a nun, she was Pentecostal like we were. The priest said, there's this sister that's come here. She's just transferred in. She wants to start a prayer group, and she was wondering about doing it. And he says, you people do that. Why don't you talk to her? <laughs> so we talked together, and we started a prayer group in the convent. Imagine that. Whenever Rachel was born, she had about 15 babysitters because <laughs> all the nuns wanted to take care of her. But we had uh, two priests five, six nuns, and 10 or 15 townspeople in our prayer group. You know, and I never, I never said, you don't do this, you don't do that, you can't do that. But the Holy Spirit worked on their, in their life, and we prayed, and, you know, they had, the Spirit was there, and people, one of the guys, his name was Lauren, and uh, he owned a, he owned a um, fuel company. He was driving his truck one day, and he said, the presence of God came upon him in, the, in, the, in, the, in his truck, and he, he just started praising God. And he, he, you know, he spoke in tongues, and he, you know, he, he was like, this happened to a Catholic? Yes, and he, in, a, in his truck. So he goes to the bar, and he's at the bar, and he's sitting there with a beer in his hand, and he said, God said, you don't need this anymore. And he put it down. He never went back. You see, the work that God has for us in our life is to be the light of Christ and allow Christ to speak in our life. It's not about dictating what people do and don't do, how to do this, how to do that. God will instruct. 
So, when we're praying for people, we're praying for loved ones and friends, praying for us, we allow God the opportunity to speak. Don't have to have the answers. We don't have to be telling them what to do. But we can live the life, pray the presence of God, and believe that God will make a difference. That's the stretch of our faith. I want to read, in conclusion, I want to read this, this little story. Um, it's written by a bestseller author named Tracy Miles. And he says, several years ago, I participated in a missions trip to, re- to remote homes of families in need, to, to renovate homes of family in need. God planned to stretch me beyond what was comfortable that week, but it turned out it wasn't the work or the inconvenience that stretched me. I, was stretched, I wasn't stretched as I climbed up a 10-foot ladder to hand someone a heavy can of paint, or as I sprawled across the noisy air mattress every night, hoping it wouldn't completely deflate before morning. I wasn't stretched as I endured 105-degree temperatures, wearing the required attire of full-length jeans that stuck to my sweaty legs like glue. I wasn't even stretched by taking showers in close proximity to total strangers, separated by only a thin curtain. Or when I shared that awkward shower with a huge dead-winged creature lying at my drain. (laughs) Yeah, just imagine that. None of these things were enjoyable, but they weren't really outside of my comfort zone. Yet when it came time to walk through a local neighborhood, knock on doors, and share the gospel with looming fear, a door might be slammed in my face. I felt my faith being stretched. Looking back now, I realized God wasn't pushing me out of my comfort zone in I realized God was gently pushing me out of my comfort zone into a faith zone. He comforted me, he confronted me with a choice to stretch my faith or play it safe. Don't be afraid to push the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to allow the Holy Spirit to push you. Do some stretching. Reach out and strain toward the prize that is in front of you. Reach out and grow in the word, in the scriptures. Reach out and strain your faith in prayer. Reach out and strain your faith in in grasping the gospel. And reach out and allow the Holy Spirit to help us in our personal ministry of serving God and serving one another. And we find that, I like to say, of our, our church. There are lots of things we don't have that the bigger churches and all those other things have. But we have a wonderful family that love God, love each other, and love on people who come. And the, the Logan, Logan slogan for this year, even our business meeting, which is about to happen, We'll reach more in 2024. (laughs) We'll reach more in 2024 because of allowing the Holy Spirit to not 
not pressure us, but lead us to stretch out and allow him to work through us to touch the lives of others. Amen? Jesus, we commit ourselves to you. We commit ourselves to serving you and serving others. God, it's a stretch. It's a stretch sometimes because of our own personalities. Sometimes we need to back off. Sometimes we need to step forward. Sometimes we need to be still. But only you, God, are the one who heals the hearts, heals the brokenhearted. You set the captive free. You break the chains of canceled sin. You set prisoners free. The past is gone. Whatever the, whatever the pain, the sorrow, the infliction, whatever it was, God, we ask you to forgive. Forgive us. Help us to forgive others. Let it go. Be with us now, Lord, and guide us in this endeavor we have for the, our next day. Not, and, and in our next month and in our next year. Lord, guide us as we serve you. Let your spirit give us that discernment to make good choices, to make right choices, and to allow your love to touch our hearts and lives. We begin always with a confession, Lord, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, forgive us of our sins. Our name now is in your book of life and we begin this journey of walking with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.